if this were a boxing contest then the referee would have stopped the contest midway simply because the opponent was lying flat on the floor bleeding from its mouth with all the punches hit at the wrong places it was not a contest and so that was how it felt when team india was knocked out of this edition of the t20 world cup Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Iron Man Experience, a podcast where we talk about society, art, culture, music, movies, entertainment, and of course, sports, cricket in particular. And in this episode, we will do a dive in onto the reasons behind this spectacular exit from the T20 World Cup. But before I do that, just a quick gentle reminder. This is a slow burn podcast. You will not find any inflammatory remarks, any massive mumbo jumbo or any of that shosha air quotes on that. What you will find is a very objective view of what went wrong, what could have been better and what do we do now from on from now onwards into the future. So sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the Iron Man experience. So how do we solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> the song from Sound of Music that's what came to my mind and like how do you solve a problem like Team India full of talent, full of ability, full of results even if you look at bilateral series. And yet when it matters, when the crunch moments come, Team India fails to cross the line. It's a conundrum, isn't it? You're not doubting their talent or ability or their cricketing sense, but somehow it's just not clicking are we reading too much into it could it just be plain bad luck is that what it is or is there more science behind it have there been wrong decisions have there been wrong actions taken on the field let's try and figure out from each of the main buckets that of the indian batting bowling fielding and little bit on the players the key players I'll probably also touch upon a little bit on the mental aspect of the game and finally to round it off a little bit on the fans and their reactions so let's dive in to this episode let's start with a real press conference and air quotes on real what i mean by real is we hear all these press conferences which are pre-recorded in some sense they are so clinical with standard questions having standard answers for example so what went wrong skipper oh we didn't bowl well and it was not gripping and i think we took some pressure and and the, and the there is no follow up question on that right we know the what what we don't know is the why why did it happen then you have questions like uh what is the next step for team india what do you think we could have done better no you have to give credit to the opposition they played well and so on we had a bad day we had our moments in the cup and it's just this one uh, one day you know things happen this is sport you know you win some you lose some i guess you get the drift what i'm trying to say right these are all prepared remarks with prepared questions and prepared answers nobody is asking the tough questions or out of syllabus questions so what what could be the out of syllabus questions first up hey skipper is it the bowling that let you down or is it the batting i mean you were 38 for one in your power plays and some 62 or in 10 overs is that not a reason for having uh, less than optimal runs in the end 
No, but we scored 88 runs in seven overs. You know, we have this template. We start slow, but then we accelerate. But hey, stop. Is that not putting your team under immense pressure? Because if you don't start well and don't outbat the opposition, then there is no way that you can make up towards the end. Uh, that's debatable, you know. We have done well in overs 15 to 20 and we have scored a lot of runs and it is pitch dependent sometimes. So, no, no, hang on. The world template for especially the world beater template is to get to about 70 or 80 in the first 5 or 6 overs. You are getting 50% lesser. Is that the right template? Right through this edition of the World Cup and many marquee matches, the famed top order has not clicked. You've been 2 down, 3 down at 30 or 50. So your top 3, including yourself, Skipper, are not hitting the right notes. The question is, why not? Why are you getting dismissed in a similar fashion? Either people have almost figured out for you that if you bowl a short one, you will go for the pull shot or the hook shot. The probability of mistiming, miscuing it is very high. And so they have posted a fielder at the 45 uh, angle. And six on, 6 on 10 or 7 on 10 times, you actually walk into that trap. If that were not enough, you try to hit out of your bad form and you try to not gauge the pace or the bounce. You're so used to the low and slow bounce and you could power through it. Suddenly, when somebody is bowling at 150 clicks or is a tall left armor, it kind of confuses you. Why is that? Why are you continuing to struggle against a top quality left armor who's bowling at 140, 144 clicks? Is that not something that you practice? Or are you saying that you can't get over it? No, the skipper says, these kind of things happen. Uh, I'm not the only one. If you look at most openers, most teams around the world, they have struggled against the left armors. So, hold on. So, are you saying that the caliber of Team India can be completely questioned or dented on technique uh, or faulty technique that you are not able to negotiate two, three overs without losing your wicket against a tall left armor. And in this instance, where you in the semi-final where you did not have Mr. Mark Wood bowling, you did not have, you know, that express space of Mr. Jofra Archer, you still struggled. So why is that? No, no, Chris Jordan also bowls fast. So are you saying, hold on, so are you saying that you can't play fast bowling? I don't think I can answer these questions anymore, the skipper says. Next question, next person. Alright, let's talk about bowling. So you think your bowling didn't turn up to the park. Why did the bowling not turn up to the park? Uh, because it was not swinging. So why did you not have one bowler who could bowl raw pace? Um, that's not what we had in our squad. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why don't you have at least one or two bowlers who bowl at 150 clicks? Is it that you don't have such bowlers or you don't want to have such bowlers? No, no, we have those bowlers. But then why don't you have them in the squad? What reason and logic is there? No, the existing boys are doing their job well. No, but they aren't, right? You've not bowled oppositions out in ICC tournaments consistently enough. Only and only when there is adequate swing and overcast conditions, then your bowlers are performing. 
but if there is no such swing or assistance available neither is the ball gripping with your finger sp- spinners nor is it swinging and if it uh, requires an express space where which could uh, disturb the batsman your bowlers are clocking in at 131 135 so why would you not have two express bowlers who are pitch or conditions independent they bowl at 150 155 and and i'm not just hinting at mr umran malik just so that you know there are other bowlers who can bowl at the 145 150 mark so, so why is it that you don't see sense in having at least one one of them in your squad i don't have an answer to that okay let's talk about the psychological aspect of it so you've been winning bilateral matches quite often and some of them have been quite tough fought games especially in test cricket however in t20 india has been playing ipl which is arguably the best league in the world with top players and high pressure games and crunch matches 74 games you know back to back back to back on and you should be the front runners in innovation in format in template of cricket but here team england is taking that mantle why is that uh we are still in uh, we have a introduction body conclusion framework of our batting we start slow we consolidate and then we accelerate but that template is an odi template why are you following an odi template in a t20 format uh i don't know i mean that's what i'm comfortable and i'm unable to break free aha this is the first time you have spoken from the heart that you have a odi hangover if you had an odi hangover and you had so much of template for the odi format why have you lost the 2019 world cup in the semi finals didn't you know that new zealand could bowl in swinging yorkers didn't you know they could trouble all your batsmen outside the off stump and so what really worried me if you go back to the champions trophy final again your top 3 collapsed collapsed in a short span of time so the point is it it seems to me that you guys are okay till there is no pressure when there is no consequence of losing a match when it's like another match of course every match that you represent the country there is some pressure right especially the tricky games against the minnows for example if you happen to lose the game against netherlands then you know shit would hit the fan right clearly people would feel Uh, extremely agitated but you sail through those matches and in your instance in your case mr sharma you struggled to that 50 right you were dropped once or twice i think somebody missed a run out and you it was a laborious 50 and so clearly there's something which is not right in between your ears there is some muddle in your head the question is why is it not getting resolved of course it's a pressure you wanted the captaincy for a very long time didn't you right you always thought that you were as good as mr virat kohli if not better now if that is the deal and you've been raising your game and you've been fighting back and you're establishing your position in the team nobody doubted your talent or ability so now that you finally have what you always dreamed of what is it that you're doing this was your only opportunity you're already 35 and you've gained a lot of weight and your captaincy is not showing the spark and 
some of the decisions that you've made on field have been absolutely appalling why is that why haven't you learned from your predecessor why haven't you taken advice from some of the other people why is it that the spark that you showed in uh, the IPL captaincy winning five titles is missing when you're leading the national squad or is it true that the national squad is not in your control people just do what they have to do and you don't get to say anything is that the inference we take no no you are taking too much you're reading too much into it it's not like that sometimes decisions work and sometimes they don't no 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 that's not the point the point we are trying to make here is it is becoming very evident that you're not in control of how your team performs when your team takes a break when your team needs to exercise when your team needs to practice you're just letting things flow that's what the uh, impression one gets because when they turn up to the park they're woefully out of touch why are you persisting with mr kl rahul clearly he has shown some good knocks on different pitches in different conditions and maybe he's good for that but when it comes to crunch matches big matches he's not performed so when will you stand up and acknowledge that how many more finals would you want to lose how many more semis would you want to exit before realizing that it's not working and the set of people you left out think of mr shubman gill think of mr prithvi shaw there has to be some reason and rationale because these guys are entering their prime phase of cricketing ability like 23 24 or 25 some of them and they have this period between 25 to 30 31 which is their prime time and if they keep lurching and lurking in the background and they surface in the national squad by the time they are 28 or 30 and they spend a year or two figuring out the entire ecosystem then by the time they hit the peak they are already 32 33 which is the beginning of uh, the plateauing of the bell curve unless you become a, a rookie uh, not a rookie uh, unless you become a rank exception like mr ms dhoni or mr virat kohli then the story is different but for the rest of the mere mortals the plateau begins at 31 32 and then kind of starts to go down by 34 35 and then you want to exit by 37 or thereabouts if you have played your if you have deserved your position in the team and this is becoming a fitness game it is becoming a fierce fast paced game and team india is not able to break free so what when do you think team india will now break free given that you have the odi world cup coming up very soon so now will the same set of players play the odi world cup or will you have new players if there are new players well they have not faced a previous world cup so do you think they will fare well or do you persist with the current lot who will then be a year older and play a 50 over game will they be able to then adjust okay stop this i'm exiting this press conference i don't want to answer any questions thank you that is the press conference of my dreams <laughs> no look you know there are two types of fans there are those fans who will be very ugly in the sense they will tear into their personal lives the players then bash them and abuse them i'm not like that i i don't believe in that but there are those set of other set of people who will objectively critique right we have a right to critique 
the job that you're doing. In some sense, the regular public is your stakeholder, right? It's our subscriptions, our ticket sales, our merchandises, whatever that monies that we invest or spend in buying a ticket or buying a subscription is the money that goes to BCCI coffers, which eventually becomes your salary. So in some sense, you are accountable to the public's queries, right? I'm fair enough that there shouldn't be any rhetoricals and, you know, all those kind of uh, shock and awe kind of com- comments and all that. But there has to be a tough love conversation. And that has to be made public. We need to know who's asking the tough questions and not just to the skipper, not just to the coach, to the selectors as well, to the support staff as well, to all those people connected in managing this team. They need to be questioned. Why is that never a possibility? Why is that always kept under wraps? And so my thing is, it's never a one person's fault that, oh, Bhuvi bold very, uh, you know, dibbly dobbly mid trackers. And so Mr. Uh, Butler and Mr. Hales just made merry. It's not just that one instance. Well, if he was bowling dibbly dobbly, why didn't you, as a skipper, try to intervene and ask him to try something different? And this can't be done on, on the field, on the pitch. This is the preparation that you do en route to the match. Anywho, the point is, idea is to shake up, wake up. And if this means that we take a hard call in letting go of some senior players from the T20 squad, then that's what it is. Mr. Joe Root is not playing T20. Mr. Steven Smith eventually will not play T20 the way I see it. And so if that means that some of the air coach senior players need to be shunted out of the team, then that's what it is. If that also means that the skipper himself needs to give up the T20 captaincy, then that's what it is. You probably have to make peace with that you will run the ODI captaincy and the test captaincy. Alternatively, if you want to separate the red ball and the white ball, then the red ball cricket captain has to be different and the white ball cricket captain has to be different and the T20 white ball has to be a different captain because the formats are increasingly becoming different. How you played an ODI is not how you play the T20, right? And so the captaincy that worked in ODI may not work in the T20 format. You know, I don't want this to become a rant. You know, that's not the idea. But sometimes these thought-provoking, fundamental questioning questions are important. And there are many more. I'm just, this is a spontaneous conversation, right? So... I'm coming up with whatever that is on the top of the mind recall and as things cool down, I'll probably, you know, some more questions will surface. But there are big questions that need to be answered and they can't keep waiting. Whether it is the revolving captaincy issue, whether it is the players that you select for a particular role and you don't play them, whether you are choosing the wrong team, there's so many other questions that keep coming in mind. quick word on the set of disappointed fans let's not make life miserable for the players on a personal level please understand there's a difference between attacking them personally and critiquing them on their performance if i were to put it in management terminology then separate the role from the identity who they are as people as human beings as a person is not how you should evaluate them 
that is their business that their life keep that aspect separate however what they perform on the field in the park as a player of the indian national team that is what you need to critique and you can evaluate you can assess idea is to have a fact based assessment do your research do your homework don't just look at five matches and say and form an opinion go back in history all data in, in cricket there's so much of numbers and data that is available all you have to do is ask the query and there'll be 30 fact based data based uh, websites that will give you the real picture right and so once you have done that bit of homework be responsible only then make an informed opinion and decision that will forward it will be constructive it will be informative it will probably if any of the cricketing management listens to your commentary they will say ha this person is making sense part of the reason some of these players say that i you know don't listen to the noise is because there is this unnecessary noise which reaches their ears which is fact not fact based baseless random rhetoricals and accusations and insinuations that is noise and they have to insulate themselves from that noise however if there were more people who were sane brained factual hard questions without any sarcasm without any undertones to it just plain straight questions they are bound to listen to it somebody must be asking them these questions if not from their immediate uh, management but there would be other people in and around them who will ask these tough questions people see through the bs as it were you know you, you can't keep on having sanitized questions and answers and then expect uh, people to believe that so as fans it is incumbent upon us to be very clear in our questions without attacking them personally that's a request finally where do we go from here you know one of the key things is to sulk in failure i know it might sound absolutely wrong sometimes people in the process of shrugging off the failure they don't let it sink in and hurt that much sometimes it's needed that you it sink into your brain that yeah you messed up big time and once that is done you dust off and then move on give it it's okay to grieve is what i'm trying to say it's okay to feel bad it's okay to feel sad that yes we collectively had a failure don't be defensive about it don't be scared about it just accept it and once you accept it you learn from it you don't make peace with it you learn from it that okay and use it as your firepower for your next victory use this hurt as your fuel to fire up the engine the next time and yes people will say don't carry past baggages and carry this thing even hurt can give you a positive outcome every time it's not a negative outcome but having said that do what works best for you that is the biggest mantra of all time if suddenly shrugging off everything and having a party blast and going out shopping gets you into a mind space which eventually wins you the games uh, big games next time then that's what you do you know to each their own there are various ways to cope with stress with failure and it's important that if you have not figured out on your own then seek help seek help from people who know how to cope with failure or dejection or rejection or 
problems or defeats and one of the ways is to not be scared you know wear the failures as a badge of honor saying that yes i messed up and when you stand on that podium with a cup uh, in your hand and the medal around your neck you acknowledge that that failure taught me a lesson what matters is the size of fight in the dog not the size of dog in the fight so next time when you turn up for a big encounter let's hope we see a huge size of fight well that's all the time i had for this experience ladies and gentlemen boys and girls first up if you're still around and if you listen to the podcast i really really applaud you because you are the audience that i'm doing this for this is the kind of community that i want to build where people sit back relax hear a slow burn podcast understand the subtext feel the moment feel the conversation and ideas to make you think i do not ever claim to say that whatever i suggest or comment is etched in stone i'm also a work in progress i will make mistakes i'll learn along the way i'd learn from you and so along the journey we want to create this cozy little group it need not be 50 million people even if it is like 500 people it's good enough or 50 people i don't care what i care is that whoever listens to this please do share with a set of people who enjoy this kind of a conversation and you know where to reach me on my social media handles it's hashtag ionisms and on twitter or facebook or if you want to see the entire podcast directory then you can go to podpage.com slash ionisms you will see all the previous episodes there there will be a poll attached to this podcast if you do find the time love to hear your opinions and it'll also give me some validation some food for thought on the questions that we are thinking about team india so till we meet the next time stay well stay safe and keep bringing your a game to work this is your host ian and you were listening to the ian man experience peace out <laughs>